our city that's, uh, that's tucked up here, uh, away from the frenzy of Dallas and the limelight of Austin, this beautiful, funky, creative, historic community where there's art and music and life and ice cream and community everywhere you turn, uh, where our pubs here in Denton are built around picnic tables and not pickup lines, right? Where on the same square you can go get your boots and you can get your kombucha, like whatever it is you need on the same trip. I love Denton. And I remember my first summer here, uh, one week we took our kids to the Pride Parade at the square in Denton. And then the next week we went to the 4th of July Parade with our family in which someone just like drove an excavator uh, through the parade. Just like that was it. That was the whole float was just an excavator and that was the highlight for my son. He was so happy. And then after that excavator was followed by a jeep full of these amazing women, members of the Denton Christian Women's Interracial Fellowship that stood up in the 1960s for justice in the city and helped integrate the schools of this community before any other large Texas city. And these women who continue to meet and to stand and work for justice in our city, they followed the excavator, and it made my heart happy, too. I love Denton. And you may be new here, you may be from a surrounding locale, from Corinth or Crum or Louisville, or, or you might just be here for college for the next four to ten years of your life, um, but all of, that's just speaking from experience, but all of us love this city and appreciate this city even. But there is, as we're here, this whisper, this call on our life to do more than just appreciate a place. It's a call that we hear to to be a part of the fabric of a city, to help it grow and flourish and help the people around us flourish. It's this question that comes, what are we supposed to be doing here in this city now? Are we just tourists? Are we just sampling the sights and sampling the foods and taking what we can from our time here? Or, Or are we here for something more, to give and to build and to invest and to love? And even more, what is a community of faith like ours, like open? What are we to do here in this city? Us who sit near the square, uh, near the heart of the city, in the direction that our neighbors are looking for life and meaning and community and purpose and coffee and ice cream. (laughs) What are we doing here? It's an important question for us to ask, and, and it's one that we try to return to regularly about this time. Because historically, communities of faith have had interesting relationships with the city or the culture around them. They could just be in the city, just kind of apathetic there, but doing their own thing, maybe escaping or not really engaging with or paying attention to the dreams or the beauty of the people around them. Or they could be of the city, just conforming entirely to the constructs and the consumerism and the systems and structures and status quo so there's no vision for justice and renewal and transformation. Or they could be against the city, uh, seeing themselves in opposition in some way to the culture around them. And I know that's hard to believe, uh, that not every bumper sticker was good, and not every voice from churches was positive, and not every person on campus with a bullhorn is offering encouragement to the students as they walk by, though they totally should be. Someone should be out there going, good luck, you can do it. We're for you. We're with you. But truly, there are some messages out there that are against. And if you've heard those, I'm incredibly sorry. Because the way that that God calls us into a relationship with the city and the cultures of which we are a part is so much more and so much different and so much more life-giving and intentional and good and beautiful 
and right. So this is one of the fundamental values that we hold at the heart of this community. In this city, or whatever communities that we find ourselves, our God calls us to be for the city. So use our time here, our gifts here, our place here, our voice here to be on the side of our neighbors, to seek justice and equity and empowerment and beauty and inclusion and holistic flourishing, to love and work with our neighbors and our neighborhoods and our neighbor neighborhood schools and our neighborhood associations even, to be for our city just as God is for our cities and for our world, that God so loves this world and so should we. And so I want to share with you a, a, a section of our scripture library that has, has transformed my family's thinking on this and, and our community's engagement as well. And I think it has the potential to transform our thinking, our view of our purpose and our work and our, our time here and the way that we interact with and love our neighbors and the city in which we sit, whatever places we find ourselves as people who are for our city. So we're going to be looking at this at this passage in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29 this morning. But a little context is helpful in this. So we're listening to this book of Jeremiah in our scripture library, in which a script, series of writings and poetry were written to people of Israel uh, during one of the most consequential and traumatic seasons in Israel's history. In 587 BCE, so a long time ago, the remaining kingdom of Israel in their history, Judah, was conquered by Babylon, the great empire of the day, the strongest uh, empire in the world at that time, conquered by King Nebuchadnezzar. And, and Babylon's strategy when they would conquer someone was that they would take a section of the people, especially the young leaders and artisans and, and religious leaders, and they would carry them away into exile, into Babylon, and bring them to live in the city, um, to assimilate there and become a part of Babylonian culture. Uh, but for Israel, this was deeply troubling because Babylon seemed like a completely different world to them and that they might lose something of who they were. And there were many voices that were being spoken at this time about how to live in exile. You know, are we supposed to fight against this city? Are we supposed to just keep ourselves separate? Or are we just to go along and assimilate and disappear into the systems and structures of Babylon? Um, Israel, as they talked together, could not wait and saw their whole hope in getting out of this situation, getting away. They couldn't even imagine what it would be like to live and interact with this city and with this people. How are we supposed to live in this time? What are we supposed to do here? And so in the midst of this big question for their life of how to be in the places where they were, there's this word that Jeremiah brought from the heart, I think, of God. And we find this beginning in Jeremiah chapter 29. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, so sending it to Babylon, to the priests and the prophets and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And this is where it begins. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters and take wives for your sons, it says. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. And what, what is this? It's this voice that's telling them to dig in 
to plant themselves and become a part of the city where they find themselves. And this is the reason why. But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare you will find your welfare. God says settle down, dig in, make a home and seek the welfare of the place where you are. Be for the city for in its welfare you will find your own. That we are woven into this interconnected fabric of interdependency, of mutuality, in which our welfare is a part of the welfare of the communities around us. And this is God's vision and call for us in the places where we find ourselves. But this was like mind-blowing in the day. And so when, when Jeremiah posted this on Cuneiform Facebook, when he like chiseled this into some stone, it just blew up. And a bunch of people in the comments were just like chiseling angry stuff and like angry gifts and stuff um, that they're doing. A lot of those cave drawings were really Facebook comment threads that you see. And, and so they're, they just can't believe this. If Israel, if, if they felt like God was just saying to them, live at peace with Babylon, that would have been transformative. But instead, the message that comes to them is so much more, seek the good of these people around you, of the people who've conquered you and, and carried you off in exile, seek their welfare. But it's even more amazing when we peer into the English translation, behind the English translation here. In this version, uh, it's translated welfare, which is good. And other versions say the peace and prosperity, seek the peace and prosperity. But the word in Hebrew is the word shalom. Shalom. Which, as we've mentioned here many times, sometimes we translate that peace, but the vision is so much more than that. It's more than the absence of conflict or like yoga on the beach or something like that, or just Netflix flixing and chilling out. It's not just that kind of peace. It's universal, holistic flourishing. Flourishing in all areas of human existence, spiritually and socially, creatively, educationally, economically, environmentally, politically, physically, relationally, all of what it means to be a human being in society. Shalom is the flourishing of all of that. Life as God intended it, universal, holistic flourishing. And so these people who had just been conquered and taken from their homes and resettled in a new land, the heart of God says to them, seek the universal, holistic flourishing of the city and the people around you, for in its shalom you will find your own flourishing before the city. Because here's the thing. God's hope for humanity wasn't about Israel alone. It's not limited by borders to a location or a nation or a church or a denomination. It's not about our affiliation or our identity or our orientation. God's hope for humanity is unlimited and universal for all humanity, all creation, all people, no matter what. So God's heart was for Babylon just as for Jerusalem. As Psalm 145, 9 says, The Lord is good to all, and God's compassion is over all that has been made. God wishes that all would flourish as God created them that they would find life as intended. And so right here in Denton, you find yourself surrounded by people whom God loves and God created, who God built to flourish, people whom God is for. And we are called to be for them as well. 
And God wants you to play a part in that. The God who formed you and knows you and loves you and has incredible plans for you. Maybe, just maybe, God has something for you here in your time in Denton. That it might be more than just a season of passing through and surviving of a life on periphery or just enjoying a couple of things and keeping it a bit weird but never quite digging into the fabric. But maybe, just maybe, God has something in mind for our time here, for our community here. That we're about something more than just ourselves. That we're to seek the holistic, universal flourishing of our community and all of the relationships with which we're entrusted. The spiritual and social and creative and economic and educational environmental, physical, relational flourishing of our community, and in that that you will find your flourishing, your shalom as well. No matter where you are, who you are, what field you work in, whatever you do that works for the flourishing of those around you is work with the hopes and the visions of God. So where do we even start in that work? Well, I think the message that we can find in this story from Babylon is simple. It's that we start where we are with what we have. Even in this new city, God had a purpose for the people in Babylon. And I think God has something for you to do here in Denton. And so you start where you are with what you have. And so artists in our city, give life to this city through your creativity. Seek renewal. Create beauty. Tell stories that break down walls that inspire us and call us to be more and help us attend to the awe and wonder of this world. Pour into younger artists and empower them so that they flourish before them. If you work in the business world, the financial world, seek the economic flourishing of this place and all people within it. Invest and contribute and give back and use your position to help the whole community prosper and to repair the systems of inequality and privilege. Be for us all. Teachers, as you go, seek your student and your staff's flourishing. Educationally, your work to develop students' young minds. Help students be who God helped them to be. But most of all, that, that investment that you pour into the holistic life of the kid as you love them. As you seek the flourishing of their whole lives. If you're a construction worker, seek the flourishing of your crew and maybe even the flourishing of the project you're working on. If you're a server or a cook or a cashier, you can bring joy and hospitality and life to our city like few else can. Kids, if you're at home and you're counting down the years until you get out of the house and out of the city, slow down. It might feel like you're in exile right now. But we all kind of have those seasons where, you know, adults too, where we're looking to the next thing and cannot wait to get ahead. But as the great prophet John Lennon said, life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. And maybe, maybe, maybe there's plans, there's purpose for you right here and right now. And so seek the flourishing of the place where you find yourself, your family, the chess club, the cafeteria table, wherever you are, be for them. And together, we as a community want to be for you as you seek shalom in the world. If God is laying a dream on your heart, we want to be for you and help and come alongside you and support you and empower you in your work to seek the flourishing of the city, to be for the city. So today, as, as we're thinking specifically about how we can be for our neighbors in the city in a way that helps break down barriers and seek peace, there's this question that comes, like, how do we do this? How do we be for our neighbors, what do we do that can reflect God's love? 
Um, and that question of like, how do we do this? It's a super deep question, and so I have a super deep answer for us. Are you ready? Make friends. Make friends. Seriously, this is, um, this is not Barney the Purple Dinosaur stuff, right? This, is, uh, this isn't about turning introverts into extroverts and making friends. This is for all of us, even if mingling gives us the measles as we go through life. No matter your personality, this is about your posture, let friendship be your posture toward this city, toward your neighbor, toward everyone you meet. And here's what I mean. Uh, I mean this seriously and sincerely. Friendship is one of the most powerful, transformative relationship dynamics in the world. It's, it's the end, it's the goal of shalom-seeking and peacemaking as we exchange a relationship of apathy or opposition for a relationship that is for each other holistically seeking the shalom. Because think about your friends, uh, your friends that you have in your life. You say this to them, something like, you know, we are friends. We are two different people, and we're glad for it. We listen to each other, and we learn from each other. We want the best for each other. We lay down our lives and our comfort for each other when we need to, without the expectation that we will ever be the same in thought or in life. We're friends, and we want the best for each other no matter what. And so Jesus says that there's simply no greater picture than the God kind of love than this. He said this to his friends toward the end of his time. He said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. The posture of people who are for the city is the posture of those who offer what they have in friendship without strings, seeking the best for those around them. And when we have that framework, that posture in our world, it changes the way that we see our community, the way that we see those who are in our spheres, our, our coworkers, our teachers, our students. It changes the way that we invest our time and invest in those around us, it changes what we create and what we give back when we seek to be friends, respecting diversity and difference, listening to and learning from each other with humility, wanting the best for each other without the expectation that we'll be the same in thought or in life, but seeking and advocating and working for the holistic flourishing of a friend of our city. Because in this world of, of talking and taking, friendship invites us to listen and to give. Amidst division and selfishness, friendship pulls us together and asks us to pull for each other. In this world of defining ourselves by what we are not, friendship reaches across divides with no expectations except mutuality and love. So friendship is for each other and it's powerful. When we build these friendships, especially improbable relationships across barriers, it builds bridges, it reconciles, it makes peace, and it makes shalom. And we begin to glimpse God's love for all people in our own flourishing as well. And so as in this place, as we seek to seek the shalom of this city, before this city, let's see this world around us and the relationships with which we've been entrusted with new eyes and see them as friends. So the great Dutch theologian and shalom seeker, Henry Nouwen, says this about friendship. Dare to love and to be a real friend. 
The love you give and receive is a reality that will lead you closer and closer to God, as well as those whom God has given you to love. God has given us this city to love, our co-workers, uh, other faith communities in our city, the students that we interact with in class, the professors that we have, and we seek to love in the posture of friendship through seeking the best for each other, listening, learning, loving, selflessly and vulnerably, offering what we have for the sake of each other, that we might grow closer to God, closer to our neighbor, and closer to the purpose that God has us here for, because in the city of Shalom, we find our own. And so this week, there will be tons of opportunities to do that, to approach this world in a posture of friendship and to care about those you meet, whether it's, it's the, the cashier at the grocery store or your professor that you meet on Monday. But I want to offer you three opportunities that are going on here in the life of the community that you can be a part of. Um, Mary Harris is here with us today who leads our Rivera. She's waving there in the center. Re- leads our Rivera partnership. Rivera Elementary School is the school that's closest to us here. It's over by MLK Community Center. And for a long time, we've had a great partnership with the school and as well as with communities and schools there as well. And so this week, Mary uh, will be in the back after our service today to talk to you about some opportunities to mentor, to read with kids, to volunteer for special occasions. Because studies show that they're clear predictors of, of kids' dropout rate in high school. And one of those is whether a kid can read by third grade. And this is an opportunity to help grow and invest in literacy and in the flourishing of kids educationally. But also, another predictor is whether or not kids feel like someone at the school cares about them, whether they have a friend there. And so every year, we, uh, from this church, go to be friends with the kids in our community and to let them know that there is someone who is with them and for them. And in the end, of course, we find that they are for us just as much. Uh, in a week from Saturday, Outreach Sentin is having a similar training, their Spectrum volunteer training for if you're 24 years or older, you can become a mentor for LGBTQ youth in our community uh, through Outreach Sentin and Big Brothers Big Sisters so that at an important time in the life of LGBTQ youth, they know that they have a friend who is with them and for them. And maybe, just maybe, they'll know that there is a God who is for them too. And on Friday, September the 6th at 1.30, uh, we're going to be headed to the local mosque at the Denton Islamic Society, a community that we are, uh, are honored to count as friends here at Open. Uh, we've gone to various events with them and opportunities with them in the past. And the last one was after the Christchurch shootings in New Zealand. So we went in solidarity and su- support uh, to be with them on that first Friday prayer uh, here in Denton. But we're always looking for play- ways to be friends and not just vigil partners, truthfully. And so right now, students are coming back to, uh, to Denton. Some are arriving for the very first time from places like Yemen or, or Omar or Qatar. And so we're going to be going on Friday. Uh, Friday prayers are about 2 o'clock on Friday, and so we'll be there a little bit early with cookies and water just to say, welcome, we're glad you're here. Your city is here for you, and we want to, we're your friends. Um, so that this might be a place of justice and joy and peace for all people. 
these things that we do, these opportunities, are just a small microcosm of the incredible opportunities everywhere around us to seek the shalom of this city, to be for this city. And it begins with a simple willingness to simply be open, be open to those around us and to our time here and to see that God might have something beautiful and important and flourishing for our time and that we might have a part to play in it. At the end of that passage in Jeremiah, it has this line that calls us into this deep spiritual relationship with the world around us. In Jeremiah 29, 7, it says this, that seek the shalom of the city and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its shalom you will find your shalom. Now, you may or may not be a prayer kind of person, but what I find beautiful is this invitation to pray on behalf of those around us. Not on our own behalf or out of our own needs, but to join our neighbors in hoping what they hope for, in wanting what they want, and to join in solidarity on their behalf. To pray on someone's behalf invites us to listen so that we might know our neighbors and what their behalf, what their hopes and aspirations and, and successes and struggles and obstacles and injustices or insecurities that they face and to care about them so deeply that our hearts are moved at the spirit level that we might plead their case and advocate in partnership with them in our city and toward the God who is at work with them in every life to let our hearts be moved to love because that's what friends do. And so on behalf of our city, as we begin this season of life together, let's let our hearts move. Let's let our ears open to listen, and let's let our feet move as we pray, not just in word, but in deed, because that's what friends do. We listen, we let our hearts move, and then with and for each other, we move our feet and act together in the powerful spirit of love and solidarity and friendship. And so this semester is our time to be peacemakers and reconcilers and shalom seekers on behalf of our city and acting for our city. Because that's how God loved us unconditionally with us and for us on our behalf, calling us friends. And so in that spirit, may we love as we've been loved. And may we be friends who are for our city, for the transformation of our world. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving God, thank you for loving us and being for us, just as you are for all people. God, this is a new way of seeing our time here, um, not just as a coincidence, but as an opportunity to dig in, to plant gardens, to cultivate, to grow to seek, to give, and to help you create flourishing in the places that you've entrusted us. God, give us that vision that in the shalom of this city and the relationships of our lives, we will find our own and help us be people who seek it on behalf of our neighbors. Open our ears, open our hearts, open our love for all people.
pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.